Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. I'm Ola and I'm here with G. Hello. And Betty. Hello. You sound so Hiya. sleepy, G. I, I, this is my morning oh, I voice. I you me. Because <laughs> I'm also very sleepy. It's very early. I think this is the earliest we've ever recorded. Well, I have to all you, To all of you listening who wonder what I sound like first thing in the morning, this is it. <laughs> we had a really good book this week. Yeah. We did. It was amazing. It, it was. was my favorite book of the season same so far i mean i can't speak too early too early there's like four weeks left (laughs) no more (laughs) yeah (laughs) we've got quite a few books left yeah yeah um so this week we're talking about pen pal by jt gessinger jt gessinger which is actually i won g and i said this at the beginning of the season episode one when we were asked who our favorite authors were and JT Gessinger came up for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So we always we were always gonna do one of her books and it was just sort of like really good happenstance that this one sort of came out yeah, not that long it, ago. We were gonna do Ruthless Creatures, which is fucking amazing. So good. Oh my god, I just love everything she does, but I refuse to read Perfect Strangers. I I haven't read it. I want to read it, but why why are you refusing to read it? Because of people's reactions to it, apparently it's what, like heartbreaking. It's like, it's oh my, like, like my sort of book. Devastating. <gasps> it would ruin you, Ola. It would absolutely gut me. Probably. I'm surprised yeah. that this. Like, I will just say this book, like, brought out the feels, but it didn't make me cry. Whereas Betty, ah, I sobbed. This book you was... had a full mental break. <laughs> this book was so intense. Yeah, it was. It wasn't what I was expecting. It was no, like I wasn't expecting it because it's almost sort of like it's it's essentially paranormal, yeah. and I was expecting like because all I've read from JT Gessinger is mafia, and all that that's all I was expecting, like just sort of like something a wee bit brutal, or. Yeah, I don't know. I will say was... a wee bit brutal. This was brutal. It was pretty brutal, but you know what I mean. Like, Not like you know, ruthless, she has that sort yeah. of like cocky asshole guy who will like kill people as well. You know, whereas this was was just like really sweet and sad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I didn't cry. Maybe you broke me. Ooh, maybe I'm just up. broken now. Yeah, I think it upset me so much because it was so unexpected. Like, usually when you're reading a sad book, you can be like, okay, well, this this book is going to be sad. Like, I get the vibes that it's, it's going to be sad. And then you've kind of already prepared yourself for the sad scene that you're, like, not so overwhelmed and upset by it. But because this book has probably genuinely one of the best plus plot twists I've ever read, it, like, kicks you in the face out of nowhere and then you just, like, you're not prepared for it. I will tell you this, this book has separated people. Like some people absolutely hate it and other people absolutely love it. Like there's been, there's no in between. See, this is my opinion on people 
Okay, so this is very similar with the We Were Liars book, where it has the very same vein of plot twist, right? And I just think the people that necessarily hate it are a little bit too slow to understand the point of the book. <laughs> <laughs> because it happened you with We Were Liars. You can't say that. It We Were Liars, where people are like, I hate this book, I don't understand it. And it's like, what don't you understand? They just were dead the entire time. Like, it's not that hard. Okay, well, now you've just ruined the plot of We Were Liars, so... I don't even know what We Were Liars are. It's, it's... a really good book. Oh, it's one oh. of Betty's favourite books. Oh, I feel like you've told me about this. We had, like, a... Te- we texted about this. Is yeah, that the one you... with the prequel? Yeah, and you refused mm. to read it. Yes. Right. <laughs> because I'm not it was too that. sad. No, I'm not interested. I don't know why you would put yourself through that. But Betty was messaging me throughout the week and she's like, oh, can't stop crying. You fucked yourself with this book, Ola, because I'm like JT guessing goes, somebody's going to end up in the mafia. Something really cool is going to happen. That was not this book at all. So if that's what you're expecting, don't read. If that's the only thing you like. But if you're willing to try something new, give it a go because it's incredible. Let's and write it still it. has like her great writing style. Yeah, you know, amazing. like she's just a really good writer. She's so good. I feel <sighs> like we should also preface this episode with, like, this is Read one the- of this. Yeah, this is one of the books where you just like can't ruin it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. you need to read the book. You this have one's to read good. it. This is going to be a spoiler-heavy episode. Read the Please. trigger warnings yeah. beforehand yeah. as well, mm. like desperately read the trigger warnings because it is a very dark very heavy book in some aspects probably not the way that you'd be used to it so let's rate it i'm gonna give it a 10 <laughs> i mean if we, we can give yeah, yeah. yeah give it because it's worth <laughs> bringing it bringing it in new scale out of five hundo for this book <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a million it's fucking like, amazing if we can give it tens now, like I'm on the same train. Yeah. How? Yeah, I'll fucking give it a ten. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're insulting. I feel like we're literally insulting all of the books that we've given five stars to. So. <laughs> no, we're not. But this just hit like on a different level because none of us were expecting it. Like we went into it so blind, and we came out just so excited about it. Mm. I feel like that's why it hit different. It's got nothing to do with previous authors. Other authors that we've given five stars to, I'm sure you deserve a 10 as well. Anyway, so let's talk about it. So Kayla's husband died. Kayla's obviously the protagonist um, and left her with a house that is falling apart. I don't think I am. This is going to be very Lords of London town. I don't think I did well with this because it's such a complex book. So you've got to kind of, you just can't like, You'll understand as you go through the synopsis what I had to deal with and you will be nicer to me about that episode. Yeah, probably because this is fucked. Like I know that I fucked this synopsis up. Okay, anyway, so the house is fucked and she's having electrical issues and there's a hole in her roof. And so she gets this guy, Eddie, to come in and Eddie's like, and she's like, I've got electrical issues and there's a hole in my roof. And he's like, you actually have no electrical issues, you psycho. You need to see a therapist. But there definitely is a hole in your roof. So let me find somebody to help you with the roof. Dude, that bit was so good, eh? Wow. What? <laughs> Just, like, 
Yeah, so there definitely is a hole in your room. <laughs> Just a hole in there and kitchen was like getting flooded was... every time it rained. You could see a hole like a little wet patches on your ceiling. So there definitely is a hole in your room. I can I can let you know that there is a hole in your room. Yeah. <laughs> um So anyway, the electrician's like, we're gonna get somebody to come in for you to fix the roof up. And she's like, I've been trying to this bit is kind of important. She's like, I've been trying to contact roofers in Seattle. Is it roofers? I don't know who gives a shit. Yeah. Roofers in Seattle, but nobody's getting back to me. Like I can't, like I'm. nobody is responding to me. Why is nobody responding to me? And he's like, don't worry. I know just the guy. And so he sends Aiden over to her house. Why do I feel like I'm going to start crying now while I'm yes, retelling I'm like, oh, holy shit. I'm like so emotionally vulnerable right now. I actually need to stop for a second. This book just <laughs> oh hit me. <laughs> you actually like your voice changed. And you went, I like, know. It kind oh of like God. upset me a little bit it when your voice changed. Hit me. Because I Are you crying? Really sad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You have you just started. I know. Like we were just talking about Penny. <laughs> oh my fucking god! I'm so fucked for this episode. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you can keep this in here. I don't care. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna push through. This book is so fucking good. Dude, it does. I was like, why did God. Betty cry? But then I just thought of Aiden turning up to her house and I'm like, now I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the first. This is what a good book does to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm like emotionally fucked now. I like tried to read so many books afterwards and I couldn't get into anything. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so sweet <laughs> okay you're like s- smiling and crying it's really yeah well, because confusing. it was a really good book so i don't know if i can do this would you like would you like to send the synopsis to me and i can yeah i will it? okay i actually will all right i can't believe this happened what the fuck is wrong with me? i'll just like carry on so um eddie <laughs> sends um aiden over and he is kind of presented as somebody's like really grumpy he's like a really big man he doesn't speak very many words and it kind of pisses um Kayla off because you know she just wants someone I mean she's quite vulnerable at the moment like her husband has died she just wants her roof fixed she doesn't have a lot of money and Aiden's being like a little bit of an asshole about the situation so she just kind of blows him off and she just tells him to go home she just says look I'm not doing this doesn't really matter go home um then she the like paranormal kind of um electrical issues continue and she decides that she's going crazy and she needs to do something about it so she chooses to go to a grief counseling group um and she turns up and she meets this woman whose child has been abducted and she like she asks her like you know did this group help you and the woman doesn't really reply to her so she goes like uh, i don't know she decides that she can't do it like she's not going to be the kind of woman that's been going to grief counseling for years and not, 
like it's not done anything for her so she leaves before the group starts and she walks across the road to a bar and she's drinking and she sees Aiden in the corner and Aiden comes up to her and you know starts speaking to her like asking like what's wrong because she's got sad eyes I think is what he says um I can't deal with this book right now I'm actually (laughs) having the mental breakdown now Oh, bless. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with Betty for crying? And here I am, like, fully destroying myself just thinking about Aiden walking up to a door for the first time. What the fuck? It's like a lot of, like, emotion for me to process seeing that I woke up, like, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank but you, yeah, Betty. So, Keep going. That's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Aiden speaking to her says, like, oh, you've got sad eyes, and that kind of breaks something in her, and it, like it's too overwhelming and she starts to like cry and kind of fall apart so he, he picks her up and he moves her to the booth in the corner and he just you know lets her cry for a while like while feeding her up on whiskey <laughs> and then they're just like sat and they're talking and then the fucking hottest scene I've ever read just occurs where he just kind of looks at her from across the bar and he's like I think I know what you need I think you need me to like fuck you and she's like, oh my god, I can't. <laughs> he was the best dirty talker I've ever like, the best. It was like, like reading that scene for the first time, I was like, is this book good? <laughs> because it was so out of like the blue. She's just crying. Yeah. And, like he knows it's about her husband. She doesn't like reveal that her husband has passed away. She just no, she says that they separated. separated. Yeah. 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 But she's like obviously quite fucked up. Like, like she's got some serious issues. He's like, you know what you need? A good fucking, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she's but always... it makes like it makes so much sense later. Yeah, and it also is just like really, it's really intense to read. I got very flustered. Yeah, reading. you did. You were blushing. <laughs> I was like, whoa, you were at work, and you were like, I don't think I could read this here. Like, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> so intense. Very embarrassed right now. <laughs> Um, and she's obviously like taken back, overwhelmed, like bamboozled by this request. And she's like, "What? I'm not." She, she kind of says, like, "I'm not the girl who does that. Like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not ready." And she goes home, and just he and he says to her, "Like, look, if you change your mind, I actually live above this bar. But um, you know, if you come any later than midnight, you're gonna have to knock pretty hard because I'll be asleep." Um kind of giving her the options to come back and she goes home and she's kind of getting ready for bed and more paranormal-esque stuff happens like her lights are flickering and she thinks she can hear someone breaking into her house and she can hear like footsteps and stuff and she freaks out and she just puts on the nearest clothes to her and then like storms out the house and goes to like Aiden's house and um, he lets her in and yeah this will, they end up sleeping together and it's like very intense and it's very like predator prey kink is what they have like she, he calls her bunny and she calls him like lion or lion king or something along those lines <laughs> it's very king. it's quite cringe I'm i not- think as well um at this point we should acknowledge that she ha- has not had the thought that she's like being haunted she thinks that somebody no. is genuinely like breaking into her house because she hears like things creaking and well she's she, she kind of like keeps... her electrics are still fucked yeah she's like rationalizing everything because she doesn't believe in mm-hmm. ghosts um so 
while they're in this kind of like situation ship where they're sleeping together but nothing really else is happening aiden says that she needs um like a security system in her house like if she's so worried about you know someone breaking in and he sends his friend jake over to install the security system and it's like quite high tech so it has like constant streaming video cameras and alerts and alarms and stuff while this is happening she's also writing letters she is so it's called the letters are like not a huge part of the book they're just kind of there yeah so assuming that it's that it's the reason why the book is called pen pal yeah, but they're not the they're not the biggest part of the book, but they kind of come full circle at the end. But basically, like at the beginning of the book, she receives this like surprise letter from someone called Dante, um, and it's the, all the letters are very innocuous. So you don't really explain who this Dante is and what he wants. He just kind of wants her. Um, like you can see that there's been some sort of relationship between her and Dante you don't know what it is um and she's receiving these letters without actually ever collecting them from the mailbox and they're coming from um a penitentiary in her hometown and she doesn't want to reply to them but she feels almost like she has to so she continues to reply to these letters um and they don't really give much away they're very um yeah innocuous I guess and they continue throughout the book until the end. So one night when she's home, she's doing some work because she's an illustrator and she looks out of her window and she sees a guy in like a trench coat, trench coat. Yeah. And he's got a little hat on and he's like giving her a weird smile and that like freaks her out. So she goes down to where he is, like where he was looking at her and she finds this little nickel and this nickel belonged to her husband and it's like his lucky nickel and then so she freaks out and then she runs home and then she looks out the window again and she ends up seeing like a little boy playing in her yard and she thinks that this child is lost so she goes outside and she goes to look for the child and the child's not there and she comes back up and looks at the security camera footage to see if the guy and or the child um is on the footage but it's all blurry and she can't see anything so she's starting to freak out um and then i guess to kind of like shorten it a little bit is that this coin is significant because wherever she seems to go this coin seems to pop up again within her life and she's not sure who's doing it or why um so she has a cleaner her name's fiona and her cleaner it comes every week or so and she starts um what would you say like sharing what's happening to her to the cleaner and the cleaner decides that she has ghosts in the house and the best thing to resolve it would be to do a seance but and fiona's sister claire is the right person to do the seance but she refuses to do the seance because she doesn't want to believe in ghosts and she just kind of ignores it and, and the one thing that she told her was, like, make sure you don't tell the ghost that the ghost is dead. Yeah, it was, like, a really important of the story is to not let ghosts know that they've died. So um, Aiden wants to continue his relationship with Kayla, but Kayla is still wearing her wedding ring. And whenever Kayla panics or, like, freaks out, she's seen, like, fidgeting or, like, playing with this wedding ring. And it's really noticeable. And um, Aiden's friends see it as well. And... He makes a decision that um, Kayla and Aiden need to take a break 
until Kayla has received clarity and kind of gotten over her husband and has taken the ring off. So they have this break, um, and within this break, more kind of paranormal-esque stuff start happening, and Kayla starts freaking out, but this time she's got nowhere to go because Aiden won't reply to her or take her back. So she decides that she needs to see a therapist, and then on her way to finding the therapist, she just can't find it. Like, she doesn't know where it is, but she David sees... Letterman. Yeah, Mr. David Letterman. But she sees a, um, what kind of shop? Like a divination that's the only word I can think of, like a divination kind of like fortune teller shop. Fortune tellers. And she goes in and she like rings a bell and the old lady comes to the door, but the older lady like just kind of doesn't say anything to her and like walks away. So she leaves. And then on leaving, another lady comes out and invites her into the shop and she gives her this fortune that awful things have happened in her life and her life is kind of like falling apart and she freaks out and she she goes home and, and then she continues to have like, the paranormal aspects happening in her home so she just decides that she's just going to do this seance um, and then she tells Fiona who invites Claire around on a full moon and during this seance um, they come to the conclusion as they tell Kayla that she, well they hint to Kayla that she, her husband isn't the one that died unfortunately she did Um I know it's so sad and then you know she picks up a, a newspaper that she's seen on her husband's desk and the entire time like she hadn't actually looked at the newspaper so it just said man drowns but when she opens up the newspaper properly it says like man drowns wife and and then we get a flashback to the night in which the crime actually happened so basically Kayla's husband was um he had schizophrenia and he hadn't been taking his medications and he was in he starts to become violent towards her and there is a really triggering instance around miscarriage so if that upsets you I it's really hard in this book to read that scene but basically Kayla ends up leaving her husband because of the violence and she runs into Aiden and they begin a relationship um, very similar to the one that's portrayed in the book and then they decide that for New Year's they are going to go out on her boat which is called what's it Eurydice. called Eurydice that's it the Eurydice which is important because like it follows the story of Eurydice and um mm. yeah. yeah whoever her partner is Odysseus I think it is um so they go out on the boat together for New Year's because they're gonna watch the fireworks and they're gonna have like strawberries and champagne and when they get on the boat they realize that Kayla's um ex-husband is on the boat and he's not doing very well and he's really paranoid and he thinks that Aiden works for the um, government and is trying to steal his math equations so he ends up shooting Aiden in the face and it's the saddest thing I've ever read it's so sad because Aiden chooses to he thinks if he sacrifices himself on behalf of Kayla that her husband won't kill Kayla and yeah it's really sad but then that's not the case after he kills Aiden he kills drowns Kayla and um Kayla has this realization and she's back in the house and she and Fiona and Claire explain that it's not her house anymore and that another family has been living there um and so the the house kind of transforms in front of her when she realizes that it's not her home and the little boy she's been seeing is actually the little boy that lives 
in the house but he can also see and communicate with ghosts and then she oh my god she hears a doorbell so throughout the entire book the a doorbell has been ringing but we don't know why because every time she gets there and opens the door there's no one there um but then so the doorbell goes again and she decides to enter it and this time it's aiden and he's been waiting this entire time for her are you about to and start he- crying again because i'm fucked now <laughs> i don't know what the hell happened to me but your oh. voice is starting to change <laughs> yeah and it's aiden and you know he's been waiting for her so they can like reach heaven together and um and he says like and he says like who do you think has been ringing the doorbell the entire time and it's like really sad and there's a lot of like hidden meaning in this book like for example the letters come full circle because adrian is called like adrian long i can't remember his last name but whatever aiden laywright oh sorry aiden laywright sorry yeah tay's inferno Inferno, which is a book about purgat going through like a man's journey through purgatory purgatory to heaven like it's called the divine comedy um yeah and dante obviously the one sending the letters because and it's coming from a penitentiary because her husband is in that said penitentiary and they the happy ending of the book is that they make the decision to live out their ghostly lives together haunting her ex-husband because it is it's lore in the book that schizophrenics can also see ghosts um so yeah (laughs) thank you so much b honestly (laughs) there was no way i was gonna get through that i wasn't expecting this to cry yeah because i was like i I was fine when i read the book and then i thought of adrian coming to the house and then i was fucked (laughs) it was because i haven't really spoken about it out loud it was such a good reveal because the whole time you'd think that she is the one being haunted and then when they reveal that she's the haunter and the way that I guess like the lore in the book works her like past memories of Aiden and the things that they did together have been sort of like jumbled up along with like her current state as a ghost so she's like experiencing like meeting his friends going to his house like seeing the house that he's like building all that stuff that they were doing like outside of the house together with being supposedly haunted at the same time was so good so clever such a clever book so good so sad if if dv if dv is like a small trigger for you like you can somewhat deal with it this in this book it'll be a massive trigger for you because the ending scene is probably the saddest thing i've ever read in my entire life what's dv domestic, domestic violence. violence uh oh yeah that's terrible yeah it's really it's intense very descriptive it's it highly is. descriptive it is it's really overwhelming to read and that's it's an why I sobbed. It is. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Favorite parts. Like to, yeah. Do you want to continue? <laughs> I continue? Because I only have to say like three words for me. A favorite part, least favorite part, and favorite sex scene. <laughs> favorite part. Um, Who wants to me to go first? Can, or be you go. I can go. I think my favorite part, other than the ending where you know, like he's like, "Who do you think has been ringing the doorbell the entire time?" Because that's such a clever bit because it's yeah he he had clarity the entire time that he was a ghost and the ghost aiden is actually not part of the book at all until the very end because we're just reliving memories of them together and then to realize that is 
very overwhelming and beautiful and when the part where he's going to sacrifice himself and he's like i'll always love you bunny oh Oh my god (laughs) i'm so fucked (laughs) that was such a sweet scene jay oh my god (laughs) i think my favorite part was because she's like she's decided to i guess like communicate with her pen pal dante whatever his name is fucking even though she's like oh a prison but i think because her whole life is falling apart she's like this is one person that i can talk to and just say like all of the crazy shit that's going on in my head and at one point she says something like she's describing how she feels like she's like drowning in her life and then she goes to her like the next day she let the doorbell rings and there's a fucking life jacket at the door oh my god and it fucked me up so bad (laughs) oh my god and then and then at the end when when the doorbell rings again and aiden's there she's like the life jacket was a nice touch but it's also like this weird I think they were like trying to pull it back into like the whole like divine comedy thing because it is it's like a really like on the nose funny thing because she was drowned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 it just being like the life jacket was a nice touch, but it was just like a, a very good sort of dark joke I think to pull into it. Yeah, it was a good like tension breaker and a very intense scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Paula? my favorite part, I think. I don't know. I loved the whole book, but I think my favorite part is when they first meet because she's like, who the fuck do you think you are? (laughs) Like coming into my house, not saying a word to me. And then, but like my favorite part goes along the whole way, like his character development where he does start showing himself to her. Cause at the beginning Mm. he was a grunter. He'd be like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, whatever. And then later when he like actually revealed his personality to her, I thought that that was Oh he's God, actually a so sweetheart. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The least favorite parts? This I is not This is a really bad portrayal of schizophrenia. This is like a real. It's like not. I don't like know enough a, about it, so I can't really comment. It's like kind of like a borderline offensive. <laughs> oh. Why? Like. It's. I don't. It's just. I find. I find it really hard personally, when people use mental illness as a justification for like any sort of violence because Mm. it's just not people with schizophrenia are just not innately um they don't innately commit violence and it's a really big stereotype that schizophrenic people are trying to is it combat between paranoid because he was paranoid schizophrenic it's just it's that's just like a dealt like a type of schizophrenia but i think Uh, yeah schizophrenic people are and have been for a very long time trying to remove the stigma of the correlation between schizophrenia and violence and this book probably doesn't do a lot to assist with removing that um so it probably could have been equally as good of a book if he just wasn't like schizophrenic he could have just been an asshole yeah yeah Fair enough. I didn't know that. I'm not, I don't have enough information about that topic, so I'm not sure. It's kind of the truth for a lot of books that feature mental illness is that the mental illness is just used as a plot device. It's not really like explored in a, um, I guess, informative and uh, just like justified sort of way. Is that the word I'm looking for? Like, 
it's just used as a plot device to move things and in doing so sort of negates the real life experience of a lot of people yeah yeah but my, I did, what was yours Joe? my least favorite part of the book was that i think it could have been a little bit longer Really? I think it was like the perfect lens. I I thought it it could have been a little longer. There were some small parts to me that felt a little bit rushed. Which ones? Uh, Just the... It's been like a few weeks. Supposedly at the start since her husband has passed away. And all of a sudden she's like, I'm going to fuck this dude. Like I reckon if they built that relationship a little bit more... I, I definitely, I definitely could have worked with more sexual tension. Yeah, that's why I mean, like, just develop the relationship between them a little bit more, and then maybe have, yeah, just a little bit longer. It wasn't a very. See, long I don't book. agree because I think the whole point of her getting with him so quickly is that her subconscious is telling her that her husband was a bad person and that she was yeah. over it. So I feel like that's yeah. why that happened. Yeah, I guess so. I think they. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt. Just at the time, just the flow for me could have been extended a little. Fair enough. Mm. Did you did really... you have a least favorite part? Um, the thing that it wasn't a least favorite part, but I don't think that they under they um that she explained what happened with his best friend was like his or did she about why he was was he dead? Yeah, that's that no. part confused me. Yeah, no, I think it was just like because she was like reliving the memories that they had had together. So obviously, at some oh, point, yeah. because her husband had been stalking no, because her when, when she was Eddie alive. was around in nineteen seventies. He died forty years earlier. No, so I think how I... would she? How would Eddie come around and bring Aiden in? That's not right. She wasn't. She was reliving it herself with other people. Oh yeah, that 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 part. Because Eddie that part died was like... in the seventies. Yeah, I think that part was about more that Eddie was another ghost that hadn't moved on, so she was able to, like, contact him, but he was just, like, a different ghost. No, I think she's meaning more like, how would Eddie have ever known Aiden to recommend him as a roofer? Yeah. Because they're both dead. They both live in the same world now. Exactly. Yeah, so but it's we're not also... her reliving things. It's her going through the whole thing again. That was the yeah, point, yeah, but that, it's like it's like, it like yeah, it's mesh. It's like it's like a mesh between her current life as a ghost and her previous life, like with they're all with getting like combined. Apparently, they're all getting yeah. combined. So I there's some know parts about that, that because she because... went to the she went to the um to the thingamabob to the oh fortune teller, and then right after the fortune teller, she went to the dinner, and the fortune teller obviously knew that she was a ghost. Yeah, and then she would have gone back into a memory of her real life. Yeah, I think it's Aiden's I think the friend. switching between like memories very of her real life yeah, and switching okay. of like her past. Because I was wondering what happened to the best friend and the wife. If no, because they're were... still alive, they're still alive. I think she's reliving a scene where her husband was stalking her, and Aiden made her get a security system put in. No, so I'm she made his friend. Dinner, but, but yeah, fair yeah, enough. but then yeah. that as well. Like she must have been driving past and seen. Aiden with this girl assumed it was like a girlfriend, but it was really like his best friend's wife. Wow, mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite sex scenes. It's not, a, it's not a sex scene, it's just the scene in the bar. Like, I'm not surprised. Oh, fucking nice. hot. It was just it so was. intense and it came out of nowhere and the dirty talk. 
I liked all of them. They were, they were really so good. fucking good. Were, like, honestly, really there good. wasn't too many. There was a lot, but there wasn't too many. And they were all so hot. Oh, my God. They yeah, there very... was, like, just a few, but they were, like, very long scenes. They were very sexy, very sexy sex scenes. Yeah. The one in the woods? I liked the one in the woods. I think that one might be one of my, like, my favourite. I liked that. Oh, holy shit. I wish you didn't call him the Lion King because Bunny's a cute nickname. Yeah. Lion King was my, a little cringe. My Lion King. She could have called him like a wolf or something. It's like the same premise. She also called like, him. Did she call him Sir a few times? Yes. Master. 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 Oh, Master. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was the whole game, right? Like, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. But then, like, the most heartbreaking part, I reckon for me, like, I know the ending was the most heartbreaking part for you, was then after the dinner when he was like, come back to me when you've learned to let your husband go. And she was just going through so much trauma in between yeah. that bit where, like, she just wasn't coping with being without him. And, like, her fear was a lot. So, yeah, some the, the JT guessing definitely hit the fear mark on this one, eh? Like, the ex- written and the way that she wrote her experiences and like her inner turmoil with all this shit happening to her in her house and then her grief was like amazing even like like, there was some classic fucking paranormal shit like the ending of her husband on the bed sheets the fucking drawers getting opened the jar of honey like flies off the shelf it was like proper haunting yeah like i thought like with what betty was saying um, she was like, oh, I don't know if you're going to like it, Ola. I think it's going to freak you out. Like, it's really dark. And I was like, fuck, okay. And then when I started reading it and all the paranormal stuff happened, I'm like, holy crap, this must, is this going to be like Hunting Adeline? Hunting Adeline is like 60,000 times worse than this, if that kind of gives you an idea. So I was like, okay, I can deal with this. Well, because what happened was, is like, I started reading the book at work, you know, it's on like an evening shift. And then you know, I had to get back up, like, get up for work the next morning. So I got to the part in the book with the seance, but I didn't get past the seance. So when I was messaging you, I just got to the seance scene and I was like, I'm really tired. I'm going to have to put this down and finish it in the morning. So I was under the same premise that it was going to be like a paranormal, like haunting, like a husband was going to be haunting her and it was going to be awful. Mm-mm. And like, so when I messaged you, I was like, oh, fuck I can like I've got bad feeling about how this book is gonna end because you like obviously the twist just comes out of nowhere and I was like Ola's gonna hate this like she's just not gonna like the way that it ends and then because I've because I already read online from other groups and it doesn't really have a happy ending so I thought like maybe she was gonna be murdered by like her husband or like something awful paranormal was gonna happen that just wasn't gonna make us happy and then I put the book down and I woke up in the, I woke up really early because I like needed to finish the book. Like I just had to finish it. I had like, it was like 70 pages left. I had to get through it. And then I also had a flat viewing that day as well. So I was cleaning my flat, like <laughs> while trying to finish this book and then it hit me and I was like, Oh my God, like I've got to, <laughs> I've got to go to work after this. I just got to survive as like a regular fucking human for the rest no, of the I've day. I've got to go to work after this. I've, nobody's ever cried on the podcast. Welcome. Of course, you were going to be the one to pop your cherry first, pop your crying. And cherry. I was like all like 
10 minutes before I was like, I don't know why you cried, Betty. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, it's only G. G's the only one that didn't cry this book. I did not cry. Did I you... have read sadder. <laughs> you know how you're saying that a lot of people have said it's not a happy ending. I think it is one of the best happy endings. And I'm a happy ending like connoisseur. Ask me about all the happy endings. And I think this is one of the best happy endings I've it's ever like, read. It's like a beautiful ending. It's, it's so like beautiful. A, oh, like you feel it's just like I, I would say like an, yeah I would say like a, a classic like not happy ending would be that you feel like no resolution at all like you feel like you haven't had that complete that completedness but this made you feel like everything had come full circle and like I really I think the haunting scene ruined it for me ruined the ending for me I thought that was a little bit like unnecessary but I also get it because they were fucking around again together like it just seems like they were back to their old kind of crap because they were so silly together I just kind of wish it just ended that they were just they were gonna live their life together just they they left the door they went in well you left their death like they you know they left the house they went into the light together like they'd finally moved on from all the trauma of the past and it was just gonna be them two and then we kind of do like a 180 and we flick back to like the penitentiary and i don't know it just i didn't need to know i didn't need to know about how the husband was doing like he wasn't that necessary necessary or like he wasn't a, a character that i wanted an ending for that's actually a really good point. That scene did feel, I guess, compared to the rest of the book, a little bit cheap. Yeah, it was kind of like a cheap, Strong a word. cheap shot. It was like a cheap <laughs> yeah. shot at the well, because the husband was never a big part. I mean, he obviously was a big plot-driven character, but he wasn't but like, a part. Of he the wasn't book, a part yeah. of the book. It wasn't about his story. It wasn't about him. And to kind of end it on his story and how he was doing kind of takes away from the fact that like. He was never meant to be a part of her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I agree with you. Yeah. And it was just like a I'm little bit silly. Not to cry again. I don't know like what the little... fuck is wrong with me. It was a little bit silly. I think it's like, yeah, actually, I want to change my least favorite part of the book was actually probably that scene. Talk- it should have just ended. <laughs> I understand why she did it though. I think it could have just yeah. been done a little bit differently. Like they didn't have to haunt him. They it could have just been like maybe the scene before and then ended on them. I think like, I would I think have... it could have been mixed up and written a little bit differently. I think if they wanted to, they could have had an epilogue where they were where the psychiatrist was interviewing him, just so you kind of like got in like had an understanding of his mental state at the time of the crime. Like maybe that would have been interesting, like just like a an ex like yeah, just as an epilogue piece, and then and then it just ends, mm. like before we get to the haunting bit, it just ends with maybe their conversation about like how they were gonna pursue like yeah. legally, like whether it was gonna like be deemed criminally insane or not, and then that would have just been, and then the interview would have ended. The psychiatrist walked away, and we just never would have found out how he got prosecuted like yeah. that could have worked but I, yeah i do yeah. think the fact that and also the fact that like he was like what are they saying what are they saying and he was like they're saying boo and i was like oh yeah <laughs> <A> cringe yeah. <laughs> um i also loved in the author's note so if you've read queens and monsters series by jt gessinger you'd know that in the third book riley is kidnapped by i forgot what his name mikhail malik malik and she is writing 
a book about a dead girl who doesn't know that she's dead yeah is what this book is essentially but it's the like how she got the idea this all sort of like fits in and it's so fucking good i know oh i fucking love jt gessinger i can't get over her shit like she's just the, too good. the story of her dad made me sad <laughs> Because in the acknowledgement she talks oh, about. Oh, I was she... like, um, Kayla's dad, but no, no the no. author's dad. Yeah, I know about how he was in hospice. Yeah, and as yeah. he was like passing away, she sat and watched him call all of his old friends that were still alive. Yeah, to say goodbye. Yeah. God. It's yeah, that was. It was like a. It was like a. So upsetting. I already had like a hole through my heart, and then I read that bit, and I was like, oh. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm just gonna fuck you that little bit more. Um, I did upon reading this book because obviously the whole book is a metaphor for Dante's Inferno's, um, like the Divine Comedy. I did attempt to read the Divine Comedy. It's not an easy read. No, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have the patience for Dante's Dante's Inferno. <laughs> No way. I, want, I wanted to understand the metaphor a bit more. I've read Dante's Inferno, which is the, because it's Dante, the Inferno is like the poem, hmm. but it's not very yeah, long, no, but the, the Divine, Divine Comedy, Comedy is the yeah, full yeah. book. Yeah. Like, fucking hell. It's a lot. I'm not fucking reading that. Just read Dante's Inferno. It's not very yeah. long. <laughs> it's yeah. a nice little one. Okay, guys. So I'm actually going to end it here. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we're all a little bit exhausted now. Yeah, I might go back to was, sleep. That was a lot for an episode, but honestly, read the book. Even if it does make you feel this way, it's worth it because that's what, as Betty said before, books are meant to make you do feel something. Yeah, books are books are meant to make you feel like shit. So yeah. no, not read make up. you feel like shit. They're meant <laughs> to make you feel. I don't feel like shit. Like I feel like that cry was a very different cry for me than Say You Swear. Like, Say You Swear was just, like, heartbreaking, like, tearing me apart. Whereas this was, like, I just want them to be happy. Like, it was, yeah. I don't know. It was just beautiful. It was it so was. beautiful. It was very beautiful. I'll see you in therapy, team. Yeah, fuck yeah, we need it. <laughs> hey. Um, let's just not get that therapist in from the end of the book. But anywho, next week we have Sam Hall. Woo-woo. And we're going to be talking about she's a paranormal author and also fantasy. Yeah. She does both. From Yeah, she yeah. does a lot of um, shifters and wolf. Omegaverse. Like Omegaverse sort of things. And yeah. I don't think you guys have read much Omegaverse before. Have you? Not, I haven't. Not heaps. I've read a bit, but not heaps. Yeah. So Sam Hall's coming on. We're very excited about it. And thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to Betty for taking over. What a fucking legend. <laughs> Holy crap. I was not expecting that. What a team player. All right, this book is ingrained in my subconscious. I couldn't even forget it if I wanted to. Are you going to reread it? Maybe in a couple of years when it's like, what once the my pain sister. is worn off? <laughs> well, no, I, I'm not really good. I don't like reread books if I've like read them recently because I just find myself skipping through them because I'm like, oh, I remember mm. this bit. But once I've kind of forgotten a bulk of it, I'll probably go back and hurt myself again. It's worth nice. it for this one. Yeah, it's like one of those books that I feel like I need in paperback. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Maybe we can have a Reddit e- Reddit ebook so good you want it in paperback. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thank you so much for helping me out with this one. Well, I hope you survive your day at work. Yeah. No, I'll be fine. I'm feeling better now. That was nice. probably not the best episode to do before work, but whatever. You only live once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening in. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.